Good evening, good evening on Sunday night, the last Sunday in February 2021. Oh my word, we had tremendous services. Wherever somebody preached this morning, that was phenomenal with record attendances at LWPC. They had to go in four different uh, halls to accommodate everybody that comes and what a services we had this morning, even the live broadcast. And, uh, well, we want to say thank you for allowing us again to be in your home tonight to visit with you and uh, to share the good news of Jesus. Now, he who started a good work in you is able and is going to finish that good work, what he started, if I can obey and know and understand the perfect will of God. Now, I told you this morning, I received this message of somebody, and it's out of Beaufort West, and it says, Afternoon, I live in Beaufort West now, and I miss the servants you always gave, and you are an inspiration, and then she just says some stuff there, interesting, and she says, um, Thank you for making me start treasure life again and with the guidance of Clayton that's one of our people that takes care of the rehab center from the addiction group chat held at the old Cryfontaine hotel I can live a clean sober life now that's phenomenal because I always treasure being part of this ministry now we're so excited and all the testimonies, oh my word, if you think February was a phenomenal month, get ready for March, <laughs> we're 10 months away from 2022, oh my word, and that's amazing, now we share, and tonight we're going to finish off with the series, now this series really challenged all of us, oh my word, every service after I shared about move forward, it's time to get unstuck, come out of stuck and all the things, a fresh start. We understand that God means business in this hour that we are in. And uh, that's why tonight we want to share some powerful information that can bring a transformation in your life. Say 2021 and March month. You are my time of supernatural birthing. Hallelujah. It's my time to shine. <laughs> no, no, your light is not going to go out. You're going to shine in the mighty name of Jesus because God created you as a person of impact. Come on, somebody, and of influence. Now, I've shared before, We've seen the dead raised. I've seen the cripple walk. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen cancer disappear. We've seen creative miracles, phenomenal miracles. But that's not the greatest. You are the greatest to be born again. Come out of the kingdom of darkness. Walk in this marvelous light. Now, if you hear Pentecost that we are, and we came out of the 1969 November I'm quite a model in that, the old model, a recycled model rather. And uh, then the only message that time was, let's go to heaven, get ready, repent and go to heaven. That's all what they had. And in the meantime, 
We were oxygen thieves. Live for years and never impact a person, a community, a nation. And that's what God called you. He called Abraham. Oh my word, they were moon worshippers. And, and then he said, I'll make you a father of many nations if you work with me. Now that's the theme for next month. Be fruitful to work with God. Oh my word, that's a powerful theme to start off. But let me get in the word. Because everywhere where Jesus told somebody, follow me, and they were stuck, they had excuses. There in the book of Luke chapter 9 from verse 51 is a phenomenal story how Jesus walked. Now remember, Jesus' assignment was to save the lost. Oh my word. <laughs> to bring hope. And in Luke chapter 9, there's an awesome story. Also, we're going to read something in the book of Matthew. And I want to help you because you cannot be parked in the past. Your powerful moment is now for tomorrow. And the choices, and we've seen it this morning, you are called to live out the seven unchangeable, everlasting assignment that God designed you for to be on the face of the earth. You were not assigned just to say, I'm giving my heart to the Lord, and now I'm going to wait, Maranatha, Jesus is coming. No, he called you to move in greatness, that you will change the world, that you will bear much fruit, that you will be a world impactor. Now, I don't care if you live in tree number five under leaf number six. That's not where you live. It's how you respond to the word. That's going to bring the results out of the word of God. Now, Jesus on the word here in uh, the book of Luke chapter number nine. And there's a story that happened. And that Jesus spoke now in scripture and Luke puts it down in writing. It says, now when the time was almost come for Jesus to be received up to heaven, he steadfastly and determinedly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers. And now the story goes on. And in verse number 55, but he turned and rebuked. Now that was people that tried to mock him. And then in 56, for the son of man, that's Jesus, did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them from the penalty of the eternal death. Oh my word. And they journeyed on to another village. And it occurred that as they were going along the road, a man said to him, Lord, I will follow you. Listen what this man said. <laughs> Wherever you go. And Jesus told him the foxes have lurking holes and the birds of the air have roost and nest. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another, how Jesus speak now to some of the people there. Become my disciple. <laughs> oh, my word. Side with my party and accompany me. But he replied, that man, Lord, permit me first to go and bury, await the death of my father. 
So his dad was not dead yet. <laughs> his, the scripture says, await the death. <laughs> so he's waiting. He had an excuse. He was actually stuck. You see, excuses is the sign that you are not willing to move forward and that you are stuck. But Jesus said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and publish abroad throughout all regions the kingdom of God. And another also said, I will follow you. Listen, on their conditions, Lord, he said, I will follow you. And Lord, and become your disciple and side with your party. But let me first say goodbye to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and look back to the things behind is fit for the kingdom of God. One time, Jesus also and one of the other disciples described that event as he was going and said, follow me. They had all excuses. Want to bury my father? I bought land. Let me first go and see. I bought oxen and let me first get married. <laughs> and what they did not realize, the one who can get them unstuck from limited life, from a small life, <laughs> just spoke to them. But their excuses, oh my word, let them stay in stuck while the whole nature of God is move forward. Somebody say, it's time to move forward. Another event after Jesus shared, and we know that Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7, if you heard me speak on that, was the kingdom living way of living. And then in Matthew chapter 10, 11 goes on with kingdom assignment. So it's twofold. You have a way how to live in the kingdom and then you cannot stop there. There's a kingdom assignment. Heaven believes in you. God depends on you that you can do it. Hallelujah. And be the person that God designed you to be. Now they're in Matthew chapter 19, what we say, kingdom living. A man came to Jesus, a young, very, very wealthy man. And, uh, oh my word. And he asked Jesus a very phenomenal question. In verse 16, he says, and behold, there came a man up to him saying, teacher, teacher, what excellent and perfectly and essentially Good deed must I do to go and to possess eternal life. And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about the perfectly and essentially good? I'm reading from the Amplified. There is only one who is good. Perfectly and essentially, that's God. But if you would enter into the life, capital, the Zoe of God, the life, you must continually Keep the commandments, the instructions. And this man said to Jesus, what sort of commandments or which ones? And Jesus answered, you shall not kill and you shall not commit adultery and you shall not steal and you, and he go bear false witnesses under your father and your mother and you shall love your neighbor as you do and yourself. And the young man said to Jesus, I've observed all these from my youth. What still do I lack? 
Now Jesus is going to touch now on the nerve what this young man didn't know where he was stuck in. You see, you cannot be stuck in one area and free. God wants you free in every area because that one area carries the ability to keep you back, to slow down your pace, come on, to derail your assignment, to get your focus. Well, listen what Jesus said. He said, oh my, he answered him in verse 21, if you would be perfect, that is have that spiritual maturity which accompanies self-sacrificing, oh my word, and character, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have riches in heaven. Oh my word. And come and be my disciple. Side with my party and follow me. But when the young man heard this, this is where he discovered he was stuck. <laughs> Good paper, <laughs> but the wrong assignment in his life. I'll explain that now. He, he said, when he heard this, he went away sad, grieved, and in much distress, for he had great possessions. Now, Jesus is not against you having possessions. He doesn't want possessions to have you. <laughs> That's the difference. He does, he's not against you having money. You can have billions and zillions. And what did we discover in Genesis 2 this morning and 1? Use it for God's kingdom and for man. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's in the Bible, in the beginning. Scripture, I'll read it to you out now. <laughs> Listen, this young man was stuck and he could have had more, but his life was turned around. And this is what Jesus said then. Oh, my word. He said to his disciples, truly, I say to you, it will be difficult for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. Easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go into the kingdom of heaven. Now, he didn't mean God doesn't want you to be wealthy. It means if wealth possess you, you can be a poor person. <laughs> you can have 10 rand and that 10 rand can control your whole life. <laughs> well, God works in a different way. Generosity and giving with love. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. <laughs> Now, why did Jesus say that? In one scripture, he says, for those who trust, who put their trust in their things. See, that's what the young man did. He said, I kept all these others, but that was the area that he was stuck. And the whole idea of God is to get you unstuck <laughs> in every area of your life. Because all this that we've just been reading, was in the instruction of Jesus in Matthew 6, 33, where he says, Seek ye first, oh my word, the what? The kingdom of God and its righteousness. Let me read from the Amplified. Because faith comes by hearing, I need to hear it and hear it and hear it again and hear it some more until it hits a home run. But seek and aim at and strive after first of all his kingdom. 
and his righteousness amplified. His way of doing and being right. Oh, my word. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. In other words, <laughs> the principle here is if I put God first, seek first the kingdom, do it God's way, put God above everything. Listen, and I do it God's way, God's instruction, God's method, God's direction. Then all the things will be added unto me. Oh, my word. All the houses, the land, the money. And that's where a lot of people miss the point. They say, I serve God. Yeah, but are you stuck in the area where you put God above everything? Above everything. Now, this is important because that whole thing that we were reading when Jesus said, follow me, and they had excuses. They did not seek the kingdom first. <laughs> the young rich ruler, <laughs> he had a lot of possessions. He, he, he tried to be smart and he said, what must I still do? And then Jesus said, take that, which keeps you in bondage, that keeps you back, <laughs> that become a God, mammon, Matthew 6. He says, give it to the poor, sell it and give it to the poor. Then follow me, then you will have great treasures. He couldn't follow that. He was thinking about the consequences of giving. Oh, that is a thing you can never outgive God. Listen, because 1 Timothy, Paul addressed Timothy in the 6th chapter and 17th verse. He says, God who richly provides us with all things for our enjoyment. <laughs> God gives you everything that you can enjoy life. He says he richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So what, whenever God bless you, it's not that it must be a burden. It must be that you can enjoy life and let his kingdom come and manifest the greatness of God. Say it with me. Say money, houses, land, cars, <laughs> prestige, anything is just tools. It's tools. It's tools. It's not a God. It doesn't control us. If God says do it, his word says then I do it. Because otherwise I am stuck. And when I'm in stuck, it becomes a culture. And when I'm in a culture of stuck, I try to defend my actions of <laughs> my word of not giving and of lack and of uh, whatever it may be by the scripture. Now, the Bible says salvation is a Greek word. Sozo. <laughs> that word means, in other words, I have a sozo experience. When I gave my heart to the Lord, it means to save, to deliver, to make whole or restore, to heal and to be whole. That's in the package deal of when I give my heart to the Lord Jesus, that God restore and make me whole in every area of my life because I acknowledge him as the Lord. Oh, my word, my God. And I follow what he says. Now, this is a powerful, powerful thing that we need to discover here in the scripture. Jesus made a powerful statement. Now it's all about time. 
Now I shared years ago, and I've been in Kenneth Ulmer's service many, many years ago, and he tells the story. He said years ago, he's there from California when he had to do his doctorate. And uh, he applied, and they approved, and now he's going to do the doctorate, and they say, come and attend classes. And he think, I know it all. I'm not going to attend classes. So he never went to classes. Then when the exam came, <laughs> he had to write the exam. So he sat in that exam center, busy writing for his doctorate. And then the professor sent back his, <coughs> or his exam that he, the results of the exam. And uh, so the exam paper was reading this. Good paper. Good content. But a big F, you fail. The wrong assignment. Aren't you busy maybe with a good paper? A good content, that's religion. But you're not busy with God's assignment for your life. Wrong assignment, fail. Can you imagine? There's more than 3 billion Christians on the face of the earth. South Africa, they say 85% is Christians. Do you think if we were busy with the right assignment, the world will go in the direction it's going? Read my lips. And oh no, because we from the kingdom of light and light always overpower darkness. So what has covered it and the lockdown making us aware how we need Jesus because Jesus said in John 15, Without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. A King James Bible will be printed in red, that verse. That means it's serious. So if we're busy, what's the lockdown doing? What's the message of the hour? To bring us back in alignment for the assignment, for the very purpose that Jesus came. Oh, my word. And this is so phenomenal. Now, now, during this whole series that we did, <laughs> there's a powerful thing that I've discovered. You either work with God and for God or against God. Say, Gustav, what, what do you mean? But you know Jesus said that. Jesus made that statement. And I was reading this afternoon in Matthew chapter 12. Oh, my word, and verse 30, he says, He who is not with me. <laughs> That's a great awakening. He's against me. Did, did, did you just hear what Jesus said? He who is not with me is against me. So there's not a middle way. He says, And whoever does not gather with me, scatters. I went to the NLT, New Living Translation of that scripture. Listen to this. Anyone who isn't working with me. Oh my word. Who does what? Working with me. If anyone doesn't working with me. Working not for him first, with him. He says, he's actually working against me. That's a scary scripture that Jesus said. 
And that's a wake-up call. The Amplified says, Oh my word, if anybody is not working with God, he is against God. So our assignment in life, the whole principle, where Paul addressed the Christians in the book of Corinth, and he tells them, we are co-laborers with God and for God, working with God. That means we work as God work. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. Do it as God is doing it, not religion and tradition. John G. Lake came in the early 1900s and he said, sing three fast ones and two slow ones. And we call the fast songs praise and we call the slow ones worship. And the moment when somebody starts singing false <laughs> fast ones and one slow one, they upset and they were leaving the churches. And I remember when we start singing English out of the Afrikaans, oh my word, I had hell to use a word like that from people. They opposed me. They were fighting me because, you see, religion is always waiting for an escape and they want to control. But relationship says, I'm working with God and I'm gathering with God the instruction. Oh, my word, don't miss next month's theme. Now here, the, 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 every excuse what we have been reading of the rich man and the two people and the other four <laughs> that says, let me first bury my father, let me first marry my wife, or let me go on honeymoon, or I, I bought oxen and let me first inspect and I bought land and let me see what the land, all of them had a problem of time. Do you know that when we started with discipleship lifestyle, Everybody, the excuses I got from people was time. I don't have time. Now, the God who created time, did you know God is the God of time? He created 12 months, 12 hours in the day, 12 hours at night. Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, my word. Four seasons. Everything works in time. Now here Paul comes and he addressed the Christians in Ephesus. They were a church that functioned as apostles and prophets and teachers and the gifting and in a local church powerfully. But they had a problem. Time. They had an excuse about time. And when Paul addressed them, because remember what we're reading this morning, you were chosen, you were handpicked by God. Oh, my word, you were predestined by God. So, so God knows everything about us. He knows exactly how you're going to respond. You don't even need to say it. He knows what you think. <laughs> Did you know that? Oh, my word, he knows absolutely everything. He knows the decision you make, what the outcome is going to be, the consequences we pay for choices we make in life. Come on, somebody. <laughs> this is trouble. Now, when, when Paul addressed the church in Ephesus, he says, strip yourself. In chapter 422, 
of your former nature. Strip yourself. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self. Now here, the Christians were already saved because this is the letter, the, the, the letter to the church in Ephesus. And he said, strip yourself. He, he instructed the Christians there because they went haywire. They had all these excuses and uh, they didn't care any longer and there was all kinds of stuff going on. He says, which characterize your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion. And then he says, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's a daily choice. Every morning is a choice that we make. How are we going to go through this day? He says, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. (laughs) That thing will preach. And put on the new nature. (laughs) The regenerate self created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. And then he goes on. And then he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on. And he says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Don't get stuck when the enemy tries to come in and to get you disillusioned, to withdraw from what God is doing. And then in chapter 5, verse 14, listen what Paul tells the church in Ephesus. He says, therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. And Christ shall shine, make day dawn upon you and give you light. Look carefully then how you walk. Live, live purposefully. It didn't say haphazardly. It didn't say just live as you think. (laughs) Just live as you want. Live purposefully, an instruction. And worthily and accurately. Listen, all the terminology. Not as the unwise and the witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Woo! (laughs) Say it with me. Say, I have the mind of Christ. That's why I don't live unworthy. I don't live unwise. I don't live witless. I live sensible, intelligent. (laughs) Hallelujah. I live as God wants me to live. Verse 16. Making the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity. Because why? The days are evil. (laughs) Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. Now, that verse number 16 in the King James translation says, 
redeem the time because days are evil. Afrikaans, quip dictate eight. Redeem the time. So let me talk to you because this is the excuse why people are stuck and they're not moving forward and they're not breakthrough is the excuse of time. Now, we, you, you heard me saying the ten virgins, five foolish, five wise. The, the, the foolish virgins, was the oil was not the problem. It was a time thing. Africa is in trouble because of time. If a service starts 7 o'clock, you need to say 6 o'clock. Then the people come 8 o'clock. <laughs> time. As the foolish virgins went to buy oil. Mismanagement of time. Listen, they were not alert. <laughs> then the bridegroom came. The oil was, they desired the oil. They ran out, but they misjudged time. Do you know the God that gives you time? Time is running out. Quickly add 20 years to your life. Oh, Jesus, I'll be 85. <laughs> Do you know how quickly 20 years is going? Do you know how quickly a year is passing by? We cannot waste time. Now, this is the thing, because what you pick up in that scripture, he says, don't live as fools, but as wise people. Listen, redeeming the time. So a fool wastes time. And I want to help you tonight how to get unstuck and keep the snake out of your garden. <laughs> that snake in Genesis chapter 3. Because time is a commodity. While we waste time, there's people fighting for their lives right now with a diagnosis, a death sentence of cancer, uh, or whatever the COVID, whatever the disease, may, their people are tied up to life support machines while we take time for granted. Help me, somebody. Time. Don't waste time. Because this is the phenomenal thing. The greatest gift after salvation is time. God scoops with his hands into eternity. And then he gave us time. The time you have on the face of the earth is time not to waste. I've wasted a lot of time. That's why I have an urgency in my spirit to do greater, more powerful things for the king of glory. And this is the thing. You can't spend. God gives you the, the free will. You can spend it any way you want. You can buy what you want in your time. You see, God doesn't give you a paycheck. <laughs> he gives you time. Out of time, you earn a paycheck. You go to employer and you exchange your time. And he gives you money. So money is time. Time is money. And see, you can trade your time for anything. Oh, my word. Now, time is one of the most precious and valuable gifts God has given to you. <laughs> 
I can predict your success, your significance, how effective you will be by your respect for time. You can trade it, I said, for anything. And, and, and listen, we need to understand. That's why Paul says, redeem the time. We need to understand the value of time. Because your relationship to God, if you can just grasp this, then I can say amen. <laughs> your, rela- your, your, your relationship to God is determined by how much of a time he gave you that you are willing to give it back to him. At a certain age, the car you drive, the house you live in, the money you have in the bank, in the neighborhood you live, doesn't worry any longer because you realize I'm running against time. Now, God's got a time thing. David says this, teach me to number my days. Teach me. Hosea the prophet says, it is time to seek the Lord. (laughs) Jesus himself said, my time is at hand. So time is all the time something so important. And that's why the, Paul says, it is high time. Redeem the time. It is high time. You know what's high time? When they start counting and they start with what? 10 and, or 12 and 11 or 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. What they mean is when the Apollo needs to go up, when they hit three, it's high time. There's no turn back. You, you, you cannot. He said, we live in that high time when they say three, two, one, lift off. Nothing can stop that thing now. That's the time we are living in. Time is a commodity. Listen. And now the Bible say they are time wasters. Wasting time. Now, Satan is a thief. Oh, my word. That's what Jesus exposing. He said he's a thief. John chapter 10. The thief. (laughs) Only comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He's after your time. Listen. He's after the time. Why? Because how we spend our time determines what is number one and first in our lives. This is phenomenal. Because if I put, put first how you spend your time, what you do and put first with time in your life will define what level you are operating in. You're either an orphan. That's not what God called you. A slave. That's not what he called you. A prodigal. Or you are a son, a friend of God. Oh, my word. The prodigal son. Jesus gave the parable. He was in the house. Him and his brother. 
He enjoyed all the benefits of his father. But how he allowed, listen, himself by yielding to the enemy, to the time thief, to bring a shift in his life. Because he's going to waste time. And that's what the devil wants you to do. The excuse. Sunday, principle of first belongs to God. It's God's time. <laughs> the first portion of it's God's time. Satan doesn't want you to have God's time. He wants you to waste that time. Because he understands the value I place on time with God is the result of a manifestation of greatness and fruitfulness that will come through my life. Now, this is important stuff. The thief, the devil, (laughs) he moved that son, the youngest one, from where the father was the first in the son's mind and in his life to move him and replace him the father for things. Because the thing that he told his father, he said, give me my inheritance. Now the father and his purpose for his son moved down the list of importance. See, that's where a lot of Christians miss it. They have limited lives. They live as fools. And, 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 and not, I'm not saying it's scripture. They seek their own interests, says the Proverbs chapter 20. He says, such a person seek, he separates himself because the father is no longer high priority. This is very dangerous. And that's how people get stuck and the devil kills, steal, and destroy. Because the father's love for his people is so much that he was willing to give his only to redeem time. Now the father and the purpose of the father for the son was no longer on high priority. He shifted and it spiraled down because things, money, possessions, inheritance took hold of the position what the father had in the boy's mind and heart. Now, when God chose us, say I've been chosen, you've been chosen. When he chose you, it was before the foundation that he predestined you, Ephesians chapter 1, to be his friend, to be his son. Adam was the only creature then. <laughs> In the garden, the only one in the garden made in the image of God and in the likeness of God and with the conscience and a spirit and a free will. That's how God created. No animal that was there had a free will and could do because Adam named them. And when God made Adam, Genesis 1, 26, let us make man. In our image, according to our likeness. Satan, the snake, and you must keep him out of your garden immediately, has issues with Adam. Why? Satan was kicked out of heaven with a third of the angels. 
<laughs> because he tried to be like God. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and here he discovered after he was kicked out, there's somebody in the garden that was made in the image and in the likeness of God. And remember, remember this. Adam, Adam had two things on Satan. He was created to be what Satan could not be like God. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> you have an advantage over the devil. And number two, he has an intimate friendship with God. Time. He had time with God. As Satan once had when he was one of the archangels, but lost it through rebellion and through pride. Now in short, just short, Satan's mission was to stop Adam and Eve, oh my word, somehow from having what he no longer had <laughs> or could have. And his plan, his strategy was to tempt Eve and Adam into separating themselves, listen, from God with time and for them to start operate independently of God. Ooh, that is a mouthful. See, that's the trap of Satan, the bait. He wants you to operate separate from God, independent from God. I'll do it as I want to do it. I do it as I used to do it. Uh, somebody said, it's my money. I work for it. God's got nothing to do. I say, you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. You're in big trouble because your time, your hourglass is running out. What are you going to do then? Now, Satan want them thinking, <laughs> listen, this way, we've got the knowledge now, now we can make our own choices and operate as we want. We've got all that we need, oh my word, without having to meet with God every afternoon. And they start saying, my time is now my own time. That's why when you read Genesis 3, when God came where he normally find them, they were not there. And the first question in the Bible on the face of the earth that was ever asked was about time. Are you free or are you stuck? Are you moving forward or are you stuck in a rut and moving backwards? And God said, where are you? That's the first question. He still asked. <laughs> Where are you? I'm fishing. I'm visiting family. I'm, I'm shopping. I'm, I'm cleaning my shoes. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> That's why the place is very important to God and time. <laughs> you must realize this tonight. It's not a Gustav thing. It's a Bible thing. My word. Now, <laughs> they say, <clears throat> we, know, we no need taking that trouble. We can do the thing ourselves now. We, we, we don't need that connection, that fellowship time. And God is no longer first. 
He's no longer first. He's no longer first in Adam and Eve's lives. Listen, and we know that is exactly what happened in Genesis chapter 3 and what Satan is getting people disillusioned, use propaganda of fear, of unbelief, of doubt, of depression, and of money issues to get people out of relationship with God and with people. Every battle you fight in this life, listen, every battle you have to fight, the temptation, the options you face, every battle is about moving forward and for your next level living, dimension living. It's ultimate about one thing, why Satan is fighting you. Your primary purpose, why you are on the face of the earth, to be a friend, a son of God, where God is first in everything. Oh, my word. That's why Matthew 6, 33 is so important. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and find out how God operates, then you do it just as he does it. And you will have the results of the promise of the word. Seek the righteousness and all these things. All the money, all the land, all the houses, all the car, the wife, the husband, whatever the ministry you need will be added unto you if you can put God first. Not your circumstances, not not your fears, not, not what happened in the... If you put God first, he's a faith God. What excites God? How do we honor God? Hebrews chapter 11, 6. Without faith, without believing what God says, without following his instruction, it's impossible to please God. It's not the hairstyle, not the clothing, not the tie, not the suit, not the car you drive, not the neighborhood you live in. Not, no, no, no. It's, it's faith that's going to honor God. Now, this is the powerful thing. If you take five kilograms of iron, that means about, what, 10 pounds plus. You can use it in three different ways with time. It can be used to make horseshoes, and it's worth $30, that five kilograms of iron. Or you can make needles in this form and it will produce $300 of the same five kilogram that they use for horseshoes. If you, instead of making horseshoes, you make needles, it will be worth $300. But if you make watch springs out of it, <laughs> that years when they did that, it's worth plus minus three thousand American dollars the same amount of iron but used in different levels now this is the thing it can produce three different uh, levels of income and your time is like that five kilogram of iron you see this is the thing what defines you in what level 
you are operating an orphan, a slave, a son or a friend of God. Listen, <laughs> this is the powerful thing. The son, he gets the ring, the shoes, and the cloak. <laughs> that same son. But he, when he walked from sonship, he became a prodigal that made out of him an orphan. And out of the orphaness, he became a slave. The same son that enjoyed the father's house benefits because of wasting time. The orphan, he wasted time. His life ended up at <laughs> where he ended up with the pigs, where he became a slave to work. And then the circumstances have a great influence on him. An orphan separate himself. He becomes self-centered. He's always about I, me, and myself, and life owns me. Let me help you, ladies and gentlemen, brother and sister, family. Life owns us nothing. It's the choices we make to redeem the time where we're going to end up. And then that young man starts spiraling down. Now, God wants you to be his son, his friend. Oh, my word. Because you were created in that image and the likeness of God. Now, <laughs> this is the most powerful thing. Our time is not our own. It belongs to God. Hear what I say. Now, if I can seek and keep on seeking continually the kingdom of God and its righteousness, I will excel in life. I will progress in life. I will go forward in life. And I use the example here on the coast of Africa where the Somalians are with the pirates. They never attack an empty ship. They have information. That ship that passed there is empty. They only attack a ship loaded with cargo. You are loaded. You are anointed. You are called. You have time available. You have everything for profit, for godliness. And that's why the pirate Satan says, Attack! Attack! He wants to attack you. That you will waste time. Shift the order in your life from son to become a prodigal, from prodigal to become an orphan, from orphan, and you spiral down as a slave. But thank God there's a father watching every day. Where is my son? Is he coming home? This is phenomenal because Satan. No, you are the vessel God has chosen to transform lives on the face of the earth. He knows that you're so loaded with godliness and with the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and with vision and ability and potential and you are a person of capacity. You load it! And Satan doesn't want you to operate in that. He wants you poor, Robbed, disgusted, sick, hurt, 
full of pain, full of excuses. A walking dead person just go through life and go through it as most people do. While God says, I've called you to be a person of impact. Because in Ezekiel 36, 27, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. That's why you have the Holy Spirit to lead you into victory all the time. Think about this. Moses died. God spoke to Joshua. And now God has for Joshua greater things in store than with Moses. And uh, now uh, here Moses, uh, the generation died. And Joshua needs to take over. And listen what happens. God's instruction to Joshua. Oh my word. The power tonight to be unstuck and to move forward lies in a simple sentence. Follow God's instruction to the T. Seek first the kingdom. Do it as God is doing it. Listen what God tells Moses, uh, Joshua. The book of the law, the instruction shall not depart where? Out of your mouth. So I cannot speak death. I cannot speak negative. I cannot speak the problem. I cannot speak the obstacle of Jericho and I and the kings and the, 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 the giants of Enoch in the promised land. No, I need to speak the word, the promise of God. He says, not a part out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. Think it over. Meditate on a day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then, when, for then, when the word is in my mouth, I meditate a day and night. I observe it and I do it. For then you shall make your way. He didn't say God will. He said you will make your way prosperous. And then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have not I commanded you to be strong, vigorous, and very courageous? Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, my word. What a powerful instruction of God. You see, that excuse is a lame and a weak excuse that if you lose the instruction, then it's a sign the kingdom is not first and you don't, you are occupying time with the wrong things. And then the excuse is birth. I have no time. Every person on the face of the earth, God gives you 24 hours in every day. It's what you load in that 24 hours, how you use it, what's going to determine where it's going to end. Now, this is the phenomenal thing. And I want you to tell somebody close by, say, I am not a prodigal. I am not an orphan. I am not a slave. 
I'm not a hireling. I am a son of God, created in his likeness and his image, and I have time available to make the right choices, meditate the word, and live in that. In John chapter 7, verse 38. Oh, my word is such a powerful word. John 7, 38. Because remember how you're going to spend your time, how you're going to protect your mind, how you're going to speak and meditate the word is going to determine where you're going to end in the time to come. How you spend everything. Show me how you use time and how you use your money. And I can tell you, if God is first and a high priority in your life. He who believes in me, John 7, 38, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being, from his innermost being shall flow continuously, continuously, listen, springs and rivers of living water. Wow. You know tonight, the fact that we share this word, you say you wait on God, God said I'm waiting on you. You say, well, creation is, no, creation is waiting on you. In Romans chapter number eight, and I'm closing with this message tonight, tells us in verse 21 that nature, creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. Why? Because verse 19 says, for even the whole, the whole creation, all nature waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons, God's sons, you and I and daughters, to be made known, waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship, how they in relationship, how they spend time, how they spend the money, how they honor God, how they work with God and for God, how they operate in the seven unchangeable things that God designed for your life. Now, who are those people? Who are the sons of God? Thank you for asking. Because scripture tells us in verse 14, for all, everyone who are led, L-E-D, that's not a light, <laughs> who are led by the Spirit, capital, Holy Spirit of God, are sons of God. So what does God do? He gives us his word. Gives us his Holy Spirit. The combination of the Spirit and the Word will bring such an explosion in your life that you cannot be stuck, you cannot stay stuck, you cannot stay limited, you cannot stay in that small narrow place where you are in in your mind. You need to come out and be everything God designed you to be. Now Paul writes to the Christians 
And when he addressed the Christians, oh my word, he tells them the most phenomenal thing, how loaded they are. In Colossians chapter number 2 and verse 10. Oh my word, let's read verse Reads first verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to him. That means working with God. No, I first need a confirmation. I first need... If the scripture says do it, you don't need a comfort. The scripture already said it. You need to do it. <laughs> if you don't believe the written word, you will not believe the spoken word or the Holy Ghost word. Did you hear that? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain. Verse 10. Verse 9. For in him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him. The fullness made full. <laughs> That's why Satan ate you. You will heal the sick. You will cast out devils. You will raise the dead. You will take up poisonous stuff. Nothing happened. You will speak in new tongues. You will transform the world. Come on, somebody. You can change the world by word. By the word of God. By the indwelling Christ. He says, and having come to fullness of with the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. The Bible says he lives inside of you, the greatness of God. So when God is my master, my Lord, guess what? Everything belongs to him. Because you cannot say, I belong to the Lord, but your time is your own, your money is your own, your car is your own, your house is your own, and your life is your own, and you say, I belong. No, no. Action speaks louder than words. Gustav, and I'm closing. Redeem the time. If there's anything you need to slaughter in your life tonight, it's the bad excuses. I don't have time. Time kept people out of the greatness of God. When potential connects with greatness, the greatness of Jesus, came to this young man that we spoke about who had potential, and he said, sell everything and follow me. That young man didn't recognize power can connect with potential, and there can be a great explosion. You are destined for greatness. You are called to change the world. You can no longer. Heaven depends on you. One day we're going to stand before God and everything that we waste with time, the Bible says it will be tested with fire. What did we build with? It's only the precious stones that will remain. 
But all these things of no eternal value will be consumed. The wood, the hay, and the stubble by fire. But the precious stones will remain. You can live a wasted life and go through and just be religious and just carry on. Or you can live the full potential with the God in you to start where you are right now to say, I'm out of stuck. I'm moving forward. The greatness is in me. The fullness of God. I'm moving to the full stature to make disciples of all nations. That's his instruction. The power lies in the instruction of Jesus. Otherwise, you're going to end up as Kenneth Ulmer. Good paper, good content, but you fail in this life. You're busy with the wrong assignment. People are so running to be popular and to be famous and to promote their titles and whatever. This journey, and actually what they don't realize, it's the spirit of an orphan to feel important. I don't care what people call me. I don't need a title to fulfill my function on the face of the earth because my identity is in him, in Christ. My purpose is to live out the life of Christ, to help God, to live out, fulfill his dream, to go and make disciples, because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now this is the thing, because the first attack Satan does, then you withdraw from that great assignment, then we start with nonsense that's got no value. And I'm not saying God said, I'll add everything to you. I'll add to you houses and land and cars and fame and whatever you want. If you put my kingdom first, it's about the kingdom lifestyle that God and the kingdom mission. Now, listen, you're destined for greatness. You're called, you're predestined, you're hand-chosen. You've been made an heir of God. He's got an inheritance. And you are his workmanship so that you can live out this great life and fulfill the great assignment. Let me read it again to you. Ephesians chapter number, number two, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. For what reason? That we may do those good works, good works, which God predestined and planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, walk in them. That's the Bible, people. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. This is not a story. This is God's instruction, his will for your life, that we should walk in them, living the good life, good life which he predestined and made ready for us to live. Well, Gustav, I'm weak and I cannot, and the excuses comes again. Listen, this counterfeit every excuse in your life. Moses said, I cannot speak well, I stutter. <laughs> he said, well, I gave your brother Aaron for you as to help you. For every excuse, God's got a solution. Now to him, verse 20 of chapter 3. By inconsequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. 
Where's the power of God at work within us? Is able, that power working in us, is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly, far over and above, and all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dream. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You are destined. You are called. I want to pray a prayer tonight. We want to strip everything that keeps you back, that so easily beset you, that, uh, that delay the pace that God wants to work and do things while God is waiting on his church, on his born-again believers to do it. We have no time to waste. Redeem the time. Make a quality decision tonight. What we say is the four things that I acknowledge. I'm stuck. I need God. I need to acknowledge it. Then I need to make a decision. Come on, I'm coming out of it. And then I become a doer of that decision, of the word. And then I am committed faithfully to the decisions I've made. Because I am not going to be stuck in a rut. I'm coming out and I've been coming out. Now I'm moving forward and higher dimensions to grow in that maturity in the full stature of Christ. Father, right now, as people are watching and listening and they're still going to hear the message in the mighty name of Jesus, we come against and we say, take your hands off your devil of every person tonight. You have no authority, you have no dominion, and no witch doctor, no Satanist in the mighty name of Jesus. We have overcome and we overcame you by the blood of the Lamb, hallelujah, and the word of our testimony. You have no jurisdiction, you have no authority. Everything that God promised us is no longer in your grip because we don't operate in fear, in doubt, and in unbelief. We operate as redeemed, as ambassadors, hallelujah, with the greatest ministry of reconciliation, with new creatures, what we are in Christ. We operate now as blood-washed child and children of God to accomplish this great assignment. And we make a quality decision tonight. We're going to serve the Lord. And devil, we're not going to waste time. We rearrange our time. <laughs> because God's time is our time. Our time is God's time. And we say, Father, we repent where we've wasted time. And where we have all these excuses tonight. And we pray for South Africa and the nations. We repent on behalf. Because we're not going to be wasting time. We want to be on target working with God and for God so that his kingdom can come and his will be done in the mighty name. We speak freedom. There's freedom coming. Freedom coming. That, 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 that bondage of your mind is pulled down tonight. That negative words that were spoken over you is canceled tonight. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every word that rises up against you shall be in vain. Hallelujah. No plot of the enemy will succeed because your time is God's time 
and in him we live, we move and have our being. If you don't know Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, I have no time to waste. I realize if I die tonight, I'll go to hell. That's why the word of the Lord came to me. Jesus, you love us so much. Even as a sinner, you love us. And now, Lord, I repent. Forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Because <laughs> put my name in the book of life. I will serve you from this day forward. And I will tell the world that Jesus save in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Thank you that by your stripes I have been made whole. Sickness, you have no authority. Disease, you have no authority. Oh, by what cancer, you are a name. You must bow in the name. Covet, you are a name. Bow in the name of Jesus because I'm redeeming the time and I'm not going to live as a fool, but I live as a wise person with a purpose in my life. Thank you, my God, that you supply all of my needs. And your word says, my God, Philippians 4:19, because I am a giver, I am a giver. Give and it shall be given back to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I honor you with the first fruits of my income. The tithe belongs to the Lord. We give it to you. We bring the sacrifices. David says, I will not pay unto my God a sacrifice if it doesn't cost me a price. We bring it to you. Everything we have is yours for the advancement of the kingdom. And we say, thank you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much. And in this love that you're going to be a mighty world changer, a history maker and a planet shaker. Don't forget about tomorrow, the keys of faith. Oh, my word, people bless me so much. If I'm not on time with the keys of faith, I get messages. Where's my key? Where's my daily bread? And uh, tomorrow night, prayer time with Pastor Emma Swanepoel. Last week, they had people out of Dubai and out of other countries. And let's pray the fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Wednesday morning, the leadership session at nine o'clock at the Hadassah. Pray for us this week. We pray for the families of the two police officers that was killed last night here in our community. And we pray for that family in the mighty name of Jesus. We say, my word, every plot of the enemy, stop now in Jesus' name. And we speak life and life in resurrection. Gustav de Toy from the Loftal International, Western Cape, South Africa. We love you. Until tomorrow, you phenomenal. God bless you.